Red Business with IBEC, building a sustainable competitive future in Cork business. Hi there and thanks for joining us. Lots to come on this episode. We're going to talk about rooftop gardens. We're going to talk about baby bibs. But first we're going to talk about whiskey. It's been a very successful and busy time for Ireland's whiskey distillers with awards and record prices emerging in the papers in recent days. One of Cork's newest entrants to the market is Clonakilty Distillery and it is celebrating after bagging two awards at the World Whiskies Awards. Dennis O'Flynn is on the board of the distillery. He knows the industry inside out. You're very welcome to Red Business, Dennis. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. Delighted to be here. Tell us about the awards that you won. Okay, yeah, well, uh, thankfully they're at, at, at the back end of a number of awards and we're back now live after COVID. So, yeah, two uh, great awards. One is for our visitor centre uh, down in, in Tonakilty, which we'd welcome everybody into uh, over the summer. But uh, Ewan uh, Patterson, our uh, visitor centre uh, manager, was uh, given the award of the World's uh, and the World's Whiskey Awards, the, the, the best uh, visitor attraction manager of the year. Uh, so, and that follows up from being highly committed last year. So delighted for Ewan. And then on the product side, uh, we have done a collaboration with O'Hara's um, brewery over in, 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 in Carlow, uh, Clonakilty Whiskey, finished in, 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 in Beercast. And that won uh, the award for the uh, best Irish uh, small batch single malt whiskey in the World Whiskey Awards just gone by. So okay. delighted with both of those. So they, yes, they sound like very positive, uh, positive things to get. But the distillery, I mean, you are but a pup in distillery terms. You only started out in your journey, what, in, in 2019? Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, well, our journey was a little bit earlier, I suppose. Uh, Michael and Hel- Helen Scully, who'd be the founders and, and, and the, the family farm on which the whole story is based, uh, the concept was 2016, I suppose, site and design 2017, built the and uh, commissioned the, the plant in 18. And our first spirit off our stills was it, this time three years ago. So we now officially have whiskey because it takes three years to age. So, yeah, we're a new kid on the block. We're delighted to be here and we've got through the first two or three hurdles. So, yeah, great news. I mean, the, the challenge of whiskey is that it has to mature, doesn't it? You can you can, you can fly gin out of the still uh, after a couple of weeks, but whiskey has to do its thing in its cask. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, no, uh, in, 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 in law, it must be three years old um, before it can be called whiskey. So it's spirit until that stage. So uh, our first uh, product off the still was in uh, May of, of 2019. So now in May 2022, we have uh, we will have whiskey uh, that, 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 that will be available to us now. We're going to age it for another couple of years beyond that. So we won't be releasing it straight into the marketplace in that regard. Yeah, but there's a reason why you hold on to it. I mean, I mentioned... Uh, record prices there. There was two bottles of rare Irish whiskey sold for a hundred grand at auction recently, both from Middleton. Uh, it just shows you the quality that is in the market right now. Yeah, I think there's two things. I think there's a, you know, in the context of uh, uh, of Middleton that uh, doing a sterling job uh, for, for, for the whole category and, and good luck to them. There's a rarity element, I think, in, in some of the product that you refer to there, Jonathan. And so far as I imagine, that's probably from the silent distillery and, you know, cannot be produced anymore. Um, but yeah, no, we're identifying the, 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 the single Irish pot still uh, zone as being where we want to go. So, yeah, we'd be looking at price points of probably... 50 euro up to 70, 80 euro, depending on, 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 you know, how we get on. Yeah. So, I mean, these are all very positive things that you're looking to the future, I'm guessing, going, there is a great market out there. Clonic Kilty is a great name to have on your brand. Are people resonating with it already as they're seeing it on the shelves? 
Uh, yeah, it's on the shelves. I mean, what you've got to do in, 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 in the whiskey space is you either have a, a backer who will wait, we refer to the maturation time, who will back you with no product going out there, or you develop your brand. So we're out in the marketplace since 2018. Uh, we're in 18 states in the United States. We're in what I would call established Europe. Uh, we're in uh, Japan and most recently China. So we've got uh, whiskey out there, Clonic Hilti whiskey out there, and Minky Irish Gin out there as well. So yeah, we're, we're developing the name in advance of this this uh, single Irish postal, which we hope to release in probably 18 months to two years' time. And talking about the, the collaboration that you did with O'Hara's, I'm, I'm familiar with their beer. I didn't realise that they'd done a collaboration. How does that work? It, does the beer have to sit in, in, in the barrel that the whiskey was in? Do you throw in a drop? Yeah. How does it work? Yeah, that's uh, uh, the the former rather than the latter. Um, yeah, uh, the the whole collaboration idea came to us from our U.S. markets because there's a huge emergence of sort of the craft beer industry in the US and what we discovered is there's also a trend around localization they want something from their area and of course it's a vast country so uh, what we did was we linked up with a number of craft uh, brewers so how it works is they will have uh, a beer uh, held in cask for a period of time um, you know, anything from a number of months up to maybe nine or ten months uh, that beer then will be decanted and and sold to their, uh, their 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 punters as normal, and we then air freight the uh, casks back into Ireland. We then put our uh, whiskey into that and we mature it for probably another nine to twelve months. Then we bottle it and we send it back to from whence it came. So if you like this beer, you like this whiskey is the is the concept. Okay. And then we were we were just thinking about this and we haven't done an Irish one. And then who better to do it with than? Uh, O'Hara's who are well established in, 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 in the Irish market and, and, and would resonate with consumers. So double the taste really, that's what you're going for. Well what it does is is it gives you it gives you a flavour profile that certainly will be will be consistent with the beer that you like. So yeah, I mean it's a, it's back to the, the, the whole thing of have, having a, a a pint and a chaser maybe in a, in another sort of a way. But that's the that's the sort of concept. Yeah, yeah it works pi- very well. Pi- pint and a chaser without doing the damage. Uh, Dennis, uh, congratulations on the awards and well done to everybody in Clonakilty Distillery. Dennis O'Flynn uh, on the board of the distillery. Thanks for joining us on Red Business. Thank you, Jonathan. Red Business with IBEC, building a sustainable, competitive future for Cork business. Some of our listeners who are parents might feel like they go through a million bibs every couple of days. I do remember with a certain amount of trauma that period in our lives. Well, our next guest is celebrating a real landmark occasion in the lifetime of her business. Baby Boo has just sold its one millionth bib. Co-founder of the business is Vicky O'Callaghan, who's with me now. Hiya, Vicky. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm one, good, thanks. One million bibs, that's an awful lot of spits and throw up. <laughs> it is a lot of dribble, a lot of dribble. It's a lot of dribble. <laughs> tell us, before we get to the dribble, tell us a bit about the baby boo story. Sure, yeah. So we are just heading into our eighth year in business now. We'll be eight in September. Um, we set up when I had my daughter. She had terrible eczema. And she had reflux. So she was constantly dribbling and drooling and um, normal bibs, regular bibs would flare up her skin because they weren't cotton or they might have those plastic backs or something like that that would um, would aggravate her skin. So that was kind of where we started. We designed the bandana bib with organic cotton at the front and the back. And um, it's myself and Michelle, my friend who set up the business. We've since expanded the range to include lots and lots of other products, but um, the the dribble boo is our is our hero product we call it, and it's still 
still our biggest seller, but yeah, one million bibs last week. It's mad. It's, it's absolutely mad. And you, you have developed what you believe is a drool-busting bib. Explain how the technology works on that one. <laughs> well, the as I say, it's three layers. So we're the only company in Ireland that I'm aware of anyway that make a three-layer bib. Um, so the front and the back are organic cotton. So you only have the best against your baby's skin. They're lovely and soft. They don't curl up or anything like that. You'll see some of the um, bandana bibs that you'd buy in high street stores, for example, would curl up at the front because they're quite a light fabric, whereas ours are quite heavy. And there is a layer in the middle, which is micro fleece, which stops any dribble from soaking through. So they they fit quite snugly at the neck from about six weeks up to age three. And they have double poppers to adjust at the back. So they fit really well. I think... You know, it's it's about the fish that they're snug up to the neck and that they are so lovely and thick, nothing soaks through. I mean, so you're not changing your baby's clothes every five minutes. Yeah, well, and, and that that is a challenge in its own right. For me, it sounds like you you came at this from the baby's perspective as much as the parent's perspective about how the bib Absolutely. works with the child, as opposed to uh, making sure that the parent has something that prevents fifteen thousand changes of clothes a day. Yeah, no, absolutely. I suppose all of our products are designed that way because we've got five kids between us. So Michelle now has the lion's share there in fairness. She has four of them. Um, but we've kind of seen it all, I think, at this point. And it really, there's nothing worse than, you know, putting a bib on a child or putting a hat on a child and they're pulling it off them constantly. And it's wrecking your head because their ears aren't covered and you're worried they're going to get an ear infection or they're going to get a cold or if they're tugging at the bib all the time when they're out and about. So we design them so that they're comfortable for babies. So like we have, for example, a feeding bib as well. And the feeding bib, you know, the the usual kind of silicone plastic feeding bibs, they're quite heavy. They can stick to their skin. They get quite clammy, whereas ours are lined with organic cotton again. There are three layers. There's a waterproof layer in the middle. So we do have the functionality with it. But it just means that it feels like a piece of clothing for the baby. So they're not pulling at it and trying to take it off them all the time. Okay. They're not uncomfortable, I suppose. Yeah, no, I, well, I, mean, I think some babies just love taking stuff off anyway as part of, uh, part of their makeup <laughs> and their psychology. You are G- definitely a phase. There is, yeah. GOTS certified. What's that mean? GOTS certified. So it's, um, that's the actual organic cotton certification that the products would have. So it means, look, it's, it, there's a whole range of things it means, but I suppose from the parent's point of view, it means you're putting very safe cotton on your baby. It's grown ethically, it's grown organically. There's no pesticides, nothing like that used in it. And I suppose from our point of view as a business, um, none of our manufacturers can achieve GOT certification without having fair trade practices in place, without being ethical. Um, all of their staff are paid a fair wage. They're checked and tested rigorously to get that certification. So from our point of view as a business, that's really important to us. Mm. And then from a sustainable point of view, I suppose that's the other angle, you know, that you, you we're all striving to be as sustainable as possible, I think, at the moment and have been for a while now. Um, so anything we can do to help there. I, I, when I had small kids, um, we, we used to always think that they were designed to shrink, the bibs that we bought. They were designed to shrink, they were designed to curl up, they were designed to become less useful after a couple of washes. How do you how do you make sure that yours are, are durable and, and that they don't get discarded after a couple of uses? Yeah, I suppose that's one of our core principles in the business is that everything we make has to be made to last 
So we don't we don't make something that you'll only use for one child. We have customers who are coming back to us that are using bibs that are five and six years old that are using, you know, our we do a zippy boo baby grow, for example, which has the two way zip at the front. So it's it's nice and easy. No awkward poppers. Um, but there are people using those on their second and third babies or they've passed them on to nephews and nieces, friends. Everything we make is designed to stand the test of time, I suppose, which, again, is coming at it from the sustainability angle as well, because, you know, the whole fast fashion side of things is just frightening. Um, and buying something and expecting to throw it in the bin after washing it once or twice is really not yeah the way forward no, you know no, absolutely not and I think people are moving away from that as well Bibs being Same another example thing. of it so you, you're you on sale through your own website but you've been sold in Arnott's you've been sold in BT's you've sold a million mm-hmm. where's next I mean how far a, a, a reach do you have right now have you gone beyond our fair island no, I don't think we'll ever go beyond our fair island. Um, to be fair, there's there's plenty of there's new babies being born every day, and um, so new customers coming up all the time. But yeah, we have we have a vision board in place, um, where we have very um very what would you say I suppose ambitious aspirations yes. ambitions exactly yeah. yeah. So Arnott's was a big one for us last year. Brown Thomas this year, which was a massive goal of ours. Um, and as you know, they're owned by the Selfridges Group. So we'll be looking at the UK and London next. Although Brexit has put a few holes in that strategy. Um, but, holes holes yeah. in the and strategy, then, but not holes in the bibs. The bibs are holding up. No, no absolutely not. Okay, um, But well, we do we do ship a lot to Canada and Australia as well. There's a lot of expats there. So, so we'd be looking at those markets very, very strongly as well. It's a great product and one that uh, clearly uh, is after resonating with the parents of Ireland. Baby Boo baby boo.ie if you want to have a look at some of the products that are there Vicky O'Callaghan co-founder of Baby Boo thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us on Red Business thanks a million Jonathan Red Business with IBEC building a sustainable competitive future for Cork business some people turned to baking banana bread during lockdown some started podcasts others took up fitness challenges but our next guest looked out at a flat roof and said, you know, we could grow some vegetables on that. Uh, two years on, Brian McCarthy and Thay Carlos are running Cork Rooftop Farm and uh, they're hiring. Uh, so it must be going well. Brian McCarthy's with me now. Hey, Brian. Hi, John. Are we keeping you well? I'm very well. I actually passed you uh, on the cold cave the other day and I had so many questions uh, that I was saying to my wife, I need, we need to find this business and ask what it is. So <laughs> now that I have you, um, what do you do? Yeah, well, we, I suppose, we, we grow, in a nutshell, we grow vegetables on a rooftop in the city. Um, we, I suppose, we started a little over two years ago now, just at the beginning of the, the pandemic. Um, and as you already said, myself and my friend Ty, we looked out at the rooftop. We had a lot of free time in our hands and we set about just growing some vegetables and herbs and a few bits for ourselves. Just, you know, for our homesteading kind of a setup, rather kind of innocent, nothing commercially uh, vested in it. No, you, um, yeah, you were just doing it to pass the time. Yeah, exactly. At what point did you realise you had green fingers and this was actually going well? Um, I, you know, I, I suppose I'd always grown up with a little bit of it. My father would have always had a veg patch out the back of our, our, our house. My grandparents actually had glass houses in our in our back in their back uh, garden in in Bishopstown believe it or not so like a third of an acre of glass houses growing vegetables so there'd been a bit of a, a family uh, tradition of it I guess um, and, and you know 
I always had a little bit of an interest, so it was never too far away. Um, and I, I, I have a, a fresh flower and plant business, a wholesale business, so I'd be actively kind of in, in involved in floriculture as well as horticulture. So, um, yeah, it, it, you know, everyone, if, if you, casting our minds back to two years ago, it was beautiful weather at the time, so it was the best place to be outdoors, getting stuck into yeah. to, to growing and and it was you know it was a, a fabulous way for me for me to kind of pass the abundance of spare time that I, f- <laughs> I found myself with. Yeah. We all uh, found ourselves. Now, come here. I didn't plant anything uh, other other than things that died in the garden. You were actually planting food. <laughs> when did you make the jump then to having effectively a retail premises? Yeah, so I guess everything kind of led kind of step by step into the next uh, area. We by I suppose June of twenty. 20 we kind of figured out right there's a bit more to this than what we thought let's make a proper go of it let's let's try and see if we can make a business out of this so since kind of june of 2020 we've been trying to execute on a business plan and but in november end of november last year we opened up the farm shop uh, on Cormac Street on the Colquay, uh, where we sell the produce we grow we also sell produce from local growers um, and we've got kind of grow at your own kits uh seed from local suppliers down West Cork down envelope seed uh, plants uh, we serve coffee there it's it's and we also all our microgreens and things like that so it's it's been a, um, a you know really really f- fun time actually you know great yeah. to get the place open get the public in seeing what we're doing but hang on yeah, hold on a second right there must have been a moment where you opened that shop and you went I wonder is anyone going to actually come in here? Are we? Are oh, we actually yeah. going to no, have a single every customer? night leading up to it, really. Uh, <laughs> do you know, and I think with anything where you're you're putting yourself out on a limb, you always have that uh, that little bit of a, a worry. But look, we we all you can do is put your best foot forward. We 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 did our best to do that, and I you know we've been refining and chopping and changing things since, and it's been going well, thankfully. And now we're at the stage where we 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 do need to to get uh, hire another person on the rooftop full time to to I guess uh, keep the production side of things running really smoothly and and drive it on. Yeah, I mean it, it is an unusual place to be growing vegetables on a flat roof in the centre of Cork City. I presume you have a polytunnel up there. I mean, is there is there a space capacity? You could only produce so much. I'm guessing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the rooftop itself is six thousand three hundred square feet, which is that's a big just, rooftop. That's that's not in that's not small. No, not at all. It's 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 big by rooftop standards. Small by uh, gr- food growing standards is a little over a quarter acre, which is you know you think that that's literally nothing by farming standards. But we we can actually grow a, a huge amount of nutritionally dense food on on a rooftop that size. Um, in the in the ways we're doing it, I guess we we use different methods. So we grow using grow towers. So it's a, a method called aeroponics, whereby we have these towers and the plants are vertically grown and they use 10% of the water that you would uh, normally in soil based growing and we're also growing up so we're making the use of our space uh, as well if they're lightweight so it doesn't have an issue with regards you know being on a rooftop you've got to be very conscious of weight well you're not going to come uh, down on the people living underneath you yeah fingers crossed yeah yeah fingers crossed <laughs> I would say it's a nice way to get carrots but you'd prefer them if they were delivered in the normal fashion yes yeah not with style in that regard but uh, yeah no we, we try and keep it all in on the roof uh until such point as we we harvest it and and bring it down to the shop um 
and we're also growing microgreens then which is you know uh, food grown to within 7 to 14 days actually so um, and then we harvest that to order down in our shop so we can grow a really really large volume of produce on that size of a roof well we've had lots of businesses that were born during covid uh yours is up there as being some of the most unique that we've come across (laughs) uh the shop is open on on the cold key as you partially called it but as the cold k as it would be known locally in cork what are the opening hours if people are passing brian yeah we're open monday to friday from 10 to 6 and we're open saturday from 8 to 5 and sunday from 11 to 5 so okay. we're open seven days a week plenty of plenty of opportunity to get in there brian mccarthy Absolutely. of the cork rooftop farm thanks so much for joining us thanks cheers thanks a million jonathan and that's it from this episode of red business thanks to all of my guests as always don't forget every episode is available right now on redfm.ie where you can also find our sister video series red business in focus featuring businesses supported by cork's local enterprise offices kira mcdonough was the producer and we'll catch you on the next one get the red business podcast every week with jonathan healy at redfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts Red Business with IBEC, building a sustainable, competitive future for Cork business.